Can you lose weight just by thinking about it? Can you make better decisions by holding your pee? The answer is maybe. You might be thinking, Pelin, what are you talking about? Well, these statements are in the realm of possibility due to a super powerful type of connection, the mind-body connection. I think, therefore I am, Japan's Donk Jesui, this decorative quote has always represented the long-held paradigm of separating the mind and the body. For example, psychiatrists would use to only prescribe pharmaceuticals to help treat depression in the brain of those who suffer from it. But turns out, the new paradigm is that the mind and body are so connected, they are pretty much one. What you do to your body can impact your mind, and what's going on in your mind can impact your body. In fact, psychiatrists are now prescribing aerobic exercises to help treat depression, anxiety, ADHD, and even addiction. As someone with a deep interest in psychology, I thought I'd share with you how intertwined our bodies and minds are by sharing some interesting studies as evidence of this connection. Evidence for your body affecting your mind. Your physical state can influence your perception and preferences. There's a theory called embodied cognition, which in simple terms reflect the idea that the mind or the cognition is shaped by the entire body. If the body feels a certain way, it may activate a certain mental model in the brain of the same concept and color one's perception. Researchers at the University of Waterloo, child to my, um, my alma mater, conducted a study under this theory. In this study, they found that participants who sat on unstable or wobbly chairs rated famous couples' relationships as more unstable than those who sat on stable chairs. So the state of their body being in slight wobble or feeling some um, instability influenced how they perceived the world. Moreover, when asked to rate traits they prefer in their potential romantic partner, these same folks in the unstable chair condition reported preferring stability-related traits in their romantic partner more than those in the stable chair condition. Stability-related traits are things like being trustworthy and reliable, compared to instability-related traits such as being spontaneous and adventurous, and also traits irre irrelevant to stability such as loving, good with money, and funny. Your physical state can influence your judgment of others and how you behave. In one experiment, some participants were asked to hold a coffee cup while others were asked to hold iced coffee in their hands. This was guised as not being part of the study, but just as a favor to the experimenter. Researchers found that those who held the hot coffee in their hands rated a fictitious person A as a warmer person compared to those who were given an iced coffee cup to hold. The same researchers demonstrated that those who experienced physical warmth also acted more warmly or pro-socially to others. In their second experiment, some participants were asked to hold hot while others were asked to hold cold pads. These are disguised as uh, product testing. The outcome they were looking for is who acted more warmly, measured by the decisions on whether to give away their payment or reward for being part of the study, compared to keeping it to themselves. They found that participants who held hot pads decide to give the reward to friends more than those who held cold pads. Another example of how your physical state can influence how you behave is related to hunger. 
Although we may think that being hungry only impacts our physiology, it also impacts our psychology and how we behave. Think back to the last time you or somebody you know were hangry. It's a colloquial term for being angry and acting in an angry way because one is hungry. And let me tell you, this has happened to me a lot. There are actually bigger consequences of long-term hunger. Multiple studies have shown that long-term hunger or chronic lack of reliable food source, so if, for example, you live in poverty and can barely secure your next meal, this can lead to the psychological sense of food insecurity, not knowing when the next opportunity for a meal is coming. This phenomenon has been shown to produce a specific cluster of negative behaviors, increased impulsivity and hyperactivity, increased irritability and aggression, increased anxiety, and our propensity to use rewarding narcotics. However, if food insecurity persists even longer, it can then lead to depression and lethargy. Prolonged food uncertainty causes so much psychological entropy that a sense of helplessness eventually sets in and other systems start deteriorating. Your physical state can influence your decision-making. One study showed that those who had full bladders and thus were practicing impulse control, basically not peeing their pants, were more likely to also demonstrate better impulse control in other domains. In a study, the participants with full bladders made better financial decisions related to delayed but larger financial rewards compared to choosing immediate but smaller financial rewards. Side note that this finding was for optimal levels of urination urgency and control. Participants who had to, they had to rate how urgently they had to go urinate and on average rated uh, five out of seven. This probably wouldn't work if you get to a seven out of seven and your brain shuts down and all you can focus on is not peeing your pants. Another study manipulated levels of fullness versus hunger and found that participants became economically more risk averse so being safer, when they had just had a large meal. Risk levels were measured by participant selection between a low reward value with higher probability payouts, so a risk averse or safer choice, versus a higher reward value with low probability payout, a riskier choice. But note that the effect only lasted one hour post-eating. Yet another study showed that when judges lost sleep due to changes in daylight savings time, so spring forward, they tend to give longer sentences to defendants compared to other days of the week and all other Mondays of the years across many years. Also throwing in here that exercising your physical body also impacts your mind in many ways. It decreases your stress, decreases social anxiety, it improves processing of emotions, it increases your energy, focus and attention, it improves your memory, and decreases what people say is a brain fog. Now for the evidence of your mind affecting your body. Now these are the studies that have been blowing my mind about how impactful the mind actually is. Your belief of how healthy or indulgent a drink is directly impacts your body's metabolism. Researchers randomly assigned two groups of participants to the healthy drink group to drink a low-calorie milkshake with 0% fat, zero added sugar, and only 140 calories, and another group in the indulgent drink group to drink a high-calorie milkshake with fat, sugar, and 620 calories. 
after they consumed the drink, their researchers measured their ghrelin hormone levels, which is the hormone that regulates metabolism and our hunger levels. So for example, the rise of ghrelin levels signal hunger and slows down our metabolism in case we don't actually find food. And the fall of ghrelin levels signal that we have had enough food and it revs up our metabolism to burn the calories from the food we just ate. Thus, it would make sense to assume that ghrelin rises and falls according to the objective amount of calories consumed. The researchers found that ghrelin levels dropped three times more in those who consumed the indulgent drink, so the one with the higher calories, compared to those who consumed the healthy drink. But the catch was that both groups were drinking the exact same drink that had 300 calories each. So the only difference was what they were told they were drinking. So this shows evidence that what we believe about our food actually affects our body's physiological processing of the nutrients that are consumed, says Alia Krum, the head researcher of the study. Your belief of how much exercise a certain activity is also directly impacts your body's metabolism and shape. In a study with hotel mates, the maids were randomly assigned to two groups, but the first group just went about their normal day, changing bedsheets, vacuuming room, etc. Um, but they're not told anything special beyond that. While the second group also went about their normal work day, with the addition of researchers telling them how many calories they were burning for each task they were doing, and um, they also told them that their daily activity levels already met the U.S. Surgeon General's recommendation for daily exercise or movement. One month later, the researchers went back to measure their hotel mate's weight, blood pressure, body fat, waist-to-hip ratio, and body mass index, and found that the group that believed that their daily uh, work tasks were already exercised had a significant drop in all the health variables despite the maid's job not changing at all. Your visualization of exercising can make you actually stronger. A review of sports psychology literature found that indeed, coupling mental imagery or visualization with physical training is the best suited intervention for improving strength performance compared to only doing the strength training itself. And if you're going to do any type of imagery, the more effective version is the internal imagery, where you imagine yourself actually doing the activity compared to what's called the external imagery, where you imagine watching yourself performing the activity. Your mind can modulate the perception of pain. Most of us think that pain is objective, such that if we both get burned on the same finger, we would feel the same amount of pain. However, pain by definition is subjective. Thus, you can alter the perception of your pain by altering your mind. For example, in one study, participants underwent activated pain, and some were devout Catholics and others were not. When shown a picture of the Virgin Mary, the participants who were devout Catholics reported less pain than the non-religious ones. And this effect was not found when they were both shown a non-religious image. Finally, more and more evidence is supporting the notion that mindfulness meditation, both the focus attention and open monitoring types, increases one tolerance of pain and reduces self-report levels of pain, 
with the additional benefit of higher ratings of well-being. So what does this mean for you? It means that it pays to be better in tune with your body to understand the state of your mind and that movement and exercise should always be one of your priorities. It also means that your mind has more influence on your biology and physiology than you think it does. So it also pays to work on your mind, such as your belief system, and where you put your awareness and attention to via mental imagery or mindfulness meditation. And also that you don't always have to go straight to drugs to help you with issues related to your mind, like your thoughts or your emotions. Exercise and mindfulness seems to be a solution for many of our woes. Today's action. To become a whole, fully functioning human, it's important that we are all aware of entire body and how the body and mind impact each other. This week, try to notice something going on in your physical body that may be influencing your mental state. These can be things such as the length or frequency of your breath, how tight certain muscles in your body are, whether you ate a nutrition-dense or empty meal and how that feels, how sugar or processed food affects your energy levels, and how caffeine affects your breathing or feeling. Side note that as an almost daily meditator this past year, I can now feel how my heart beats differently on days that I do versus don't drink caffeine, and it's pretty fascinating. If you're not the type of person who lives in your body and only lives in your brain, this may not be something easy and may be really strange, but I really challenge you to try it out. Try to also notice how something in your mind may be influencing your physical body. The most common example of this would be perceived stress that transfers to your body. For example, when I am stressed, <clears throat> my back actually tightens up. So to take care of my body, I actually have to change my mind because no amount of massage therapist visits will eliminate the muscle tension caused by my mental stress. And this was actually said to me also by, by my RMT, so something I'm still working on. So that's all for today's, today, folks. Uh, as usual, um, you can reach out to me to share what you like and didn't like about the episode or any, any specific thing you want me to write about or talk about. I can be reached at pylin at drpylin.com, P-Y-L-N at D-R-P-Y-L-N.com. Until next time, Transcenders.